The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, I am back. I know it's been a while. We did miss a show for a week. Uh, There's good reason for that. (laughs) Uh, So I had had... Some show prep uh, for, oh golly, I had show prep that was building up for weeks. I had a lot of things that were piling up, a lot of different news, a lot of new trailers and stuff, which I have reduced because of how long it's been. And then I got sick. And uh, I thought I had caught in a cold. I had this event at uh, the Civic Arena in St. Joe that I was uh, doing where we were meeting with high school students. And I probably still sound a little off. I think I was talking about it last time. But uh, I was kind of losing my voice while I was there because of talking so much. But I think either while I'm there or from a coworker, or maybe when I went to a GameStop to uh, pick up my copy of Spider-Man 2 and there were other people around. I don't know. Sometime I was around some other people, somebody was sick. Now, I thought I'd picked it up at work because one of my coworkers uh, had got a bad head cold. Uh, and had stayed home. And then I noticed Saturday when I recorded a segment that uh, I, I think we're going to get to today. I had a great time talking. We had Philip back on with me, and we talked about actually some of the Christian values and themes that have been in past Disney films. Uh, have a great conversation. That's about about 50 minutes of conversation there, so i got to get the rest of the show in 10 minutes, right? No, okay, this is going to be a long show today, but it was a good conversation, and I want to include it, and I know this is our show before Halloween and stuff, but don't worry, i got some scary content for you. So we're going to talk about the Five Nights at Freddy's film, which was just released, and my thoughts on it after I share some news and a few trailers. But uh, I had all this stuff prepared, and then Saturday, after I'd recorded with Philip, I came home, and after a while, I just, ooh, my throat just went. And I was like, ooh, I don't feel very good. And then by that evening, it felt like a brick had been dropped on my sinuses. And so I thought, well, maybe I've got that head cold. So I actually worked from home for a while. Then I thought, you know, uh, one, the coworker who had been sick said, hey, antibiotics that I got from my doctor seemed to have worked wonders for me. And I said, well, maybe I need to try to get into my doctor, which was hard to do because uh, my new insurance and I'm part of the KU or Kansas University Medical System. It's really hard to get your appointment set up, especially for same day. Uh, I had a heck of a time trying to figure that out, even though there's an app to be able to do it. So I went into a CVS Minute Clinic. They tested me for the flu. They tested me for COVID. And after the test came through, they put a mask on me because I have COVID and I brought it to my wife. And so I'm actually quarantined right now. Uh, I've uh, gotten past the initial five days of symptoms. I still have a lot of mucus in me. And I think my voice still sounds a little odd, a little different uh, because of it. And if you'll pardon me every once in a while, if I... Uh, trying to deal with some of the mucus that's in my throat and my face. I still have a little bit. I feel a lot better than I did, and I'm supposed to be able to return to work in a mask, although my mask is going to be a 50-mile stretch of road, (laughs) 50 miles distance. I'm going to work remotely this week. My wife, unfortunately, will have to return to work and actually be in the classroom and masked. Uh, Hopefully, everything's going to be fine. She she got it. It felt worse than I did. Uh, I managed to uh, get through it. Uh, After I found out what I had, I did go ahead and take some days to rest. 
So because of all that, I, I didn't really have much of a voice, so I didn't wasn't able to speak. So I thought, OK, well, I'm not going to do a show, uh, but I'm feeling enough better. And I thought, well, I've recorded half of it. So let's go ahead and just get the rest of it together and uh, and present to you something and have some fun. So some of the fun, of course, is, you know, what have you been watching? I actually uh, uh, part of the assignment I've given for Emma for next time we have her on to talk about movies is to talk about Lord of the Rings. And I was like, you know what? I'd kind of like to watch that again myself. And so I watched the uh, extended cuts of the Lord of the Rings and, of course, thoroughly enjoyed the watching those. Uh, I should probably watch those as a yearly thing. My wife always wants to watch them in September because there's like a Hobbit day because uh, it's the day that they set out from the Shire. Uh, and so there's supposed to be a day to watch it in September. But, you know, I I'm with the movies. They were Christmas events, you know, for me. And so me, I, I feel like watching them around Christmas time. Although, I'm, you know, I'm early for Christmas. Sure. But, you know, there's some scary elements that go on in the films as well. So I figure, well, that's good for a Halloween thing. We have been watching some stuff for uh, like October fun. Uh, I fell asleep watching Blackbeard's Ghost last night and stuff like that. We, of course, watch The Nightmare Before Christmas and that kind of thing. Um so we've been having our fun. And then, of course, what have you been playing? And, oh, look, I have uh, some audio for you for what I have been playing. So let me just click this. We have to talk. This is something else. I need your help. Are you sure this isn't something you can handle yourself? <laughs> Sure. Miles, this is crazy! We call it a symbiote. And it chose you. Get it off of him! Ready for your annual physical? I'm the hero here. Not you. What the hell's going on with me? You're not yourself. You want to join us? He's here. So yes, the Spider-Man 2 game for PlayStation uh, PlayStation 5 has been released, and I did get it uh, a launch copy. It had some confusion at first because they it, uh, the package had a code in there to unlock my bonuses for getting a launch copy. And then I also went through and I'd been saving some $10 PlayStation cards, which I still have one, uh, and I unlocked the Deluxe Edition. Turns out, though, the disc, I, I couldn't get the code to work for the launch edition, but it turns out it was all programmed into the disc because when I started it up there, it says, hey, hey, you know, activate with launch stuff, and which would said yes, and I said, oh, of course, yes, you know, so, yeah, I was able to get it with all the launch stuff. Uh, I have not yet completed the game. I mean, I did see some people that even before the game was released that they got those early copies and they had every cutscene and every spoiler imaginable already out there and getting thousands, hundreds of thousands of views. And I was like, well, don't you want to play it yourself and experience it yourself before you know everything? I mean, I did. I, I was like, nope. Although, granted, I am, if you go to the official Neverland gaming channel, uh, about an hour to two hours at a time. Uh, I have been streaming at least to Twitch. Uh, I think that's under the spider pan. Uh, and then I've been uh, exporting those videos over there, and I'm releasing them one per day. Um, so I'm kind of ahead of myself because I, I, you know, I play for a while. And then I take a break, and I transfer the video, and I schedule it for whatever day. But I have been playing... Um, 
keeping a pace, uh, you know, uh, hoping to get a platinum. Um, I, enough to where I think I can give a review of the overall of the game. And overall, it's a, it's, it's a good game. Uh, they took everything they did in the first game and stepped up and added a few things. And uh, getting that symbiote suit was actually really fun, although it didn't happen until like, I was like, like halfway through the story. Um, I have seen online a few complaints that people have had and that it's very much pandering. And yes, oh my gosh, is it ever pandering at times. Um, especially some of Miles' side missions that are for Miles are kind of... <sighs> They're not like, you know, you, you play a Spider-Man game, you want to do some Spider-Man things. And he's doing stuff like, uh, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. He helps two boys go to Homecoming. Um, stuff like that. Uh, of course, he has one side thing. Uh, I did not, I was not aware that Black Cat in the comics has been made bisexual, but uh, that became to my attention because of this game. Uh, so, I mean, you got stuff like that. You got some ridiculous missions that are like, why are we doing this? This seems like a waste of time. Even even a side mission, like, I'm, I'm sure we all told Insomniac. Hey, you know what? Uh, that first game is just great, but we didn't want to play as, you know, we, we want to play as Spider-Man. We didn't want to play as Mary Jane. Uh, didn't really want to play as uh, as Miles, although, I mean, it was inter- interesting. That I see where they're adding it in the story. Uh, but the, we, And we have some Mary Jane levels again, which I'm calling Mary Jane Solid, because uh, she's... These hunters, which are all, you know, Craven the Hunter's people, are supposed to be so tough and so, you know, for you to deal with. Mary Jane just sneaks her and she's alone. She's got a taser and then she eventually gets a web shooter and figures out how to attach that to this, her taser gun. So where she can use a web shooter. Sure. How? I don't know how she learned to do that, but whatever. But yeah, so you got Mary Jane solid, you know, for anyone not catching the Metal Gear solid joke I'm making out of that because it's more stealth levels. And but she can take out entire groups of these hunters with her taser. Uh, and then it turned into Resident Evil Mary Jane Edition uh, for a while. And because another time we played at her, it's uh, not only is she being Mary Jane Solid, um, Solid Snake, Solid Jane, I don't know, Solid Watson, I don't know. Uh, but she gets into a Resident Evil area because they try to put some survival horror elements in there between the lizard and the symbiote and what it's doing. I haven't gotten to full on Venom yet, but we do get a little nod to Agent Venom. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much here for you. Uh, but I mean, there's some, some stuff that I'm like, I had to roll my eyes a little bit, especially the worst of it. When we say, Hey, you know, we are, we're, we're not really into playing all the other characters. We want to play a Spider-Man. We bought a Spider-Man game. There's one point that you're playing as uh, this one character, Haley, who was, you know, if you played the Miles Morales game, you know, it's kind of a love interest for Miles. Uh, we go to play as her so we can go and paint graffiti on, on walls as the deaf girl. And so you can know what it's like to when you can't hear. And I wonder, did we really need that level to let us know what it's like uh, when you can't hear? Or, you know, and the other thing is they treat what she's doing as, oh, but this is art. Well, see, if you make a mural, you have to get permission from the, the people who own the building. Don't you? And then it's a mural and then you can paint a big thing and everybody enjoys it and you've done something wonderful. Just because you can paint something nice doesn't mean that you had the right to do it. And the weird thing is one shop owner where she first started this thing, his flower shop seems to be kind of outdoors. And so I'm like, well, the wall that you know somebody painted the graffiti and then she painted over the graffiti with a, a thing. And then she finds a graffiti artist and said, well, I see that you're trying to make some art and you just need you just need some practice. So here, let's do something together. But if you don't get permission from the, the owner of the property, it is graffiti. I don't care how nice it looks. It is graffiti. And it, you're actually, you know, that's a crime. So thanks for letting us go commit crimes as a deaf girl. 
Yeah, yeah, we really needed that insomniac. So, yeah, maybe I'm being a little curmudgeonly on that, but seriously, we didn't want that. Who asked for that? Oh, I want to go play a level as a as a deaf girl and and, and paint graffiti and or murals on walls. I'm sorry, that's not what I laid down my hard earned money to play. So um, I'm hoping we don't have any more where we're playing as her because I mean it was you know we it was unnecessary. I don't know what they thought they were doing, but they're pandering. And how funny uh, their pandering is at the uh, releases in the Middle East that insomnia and th- this has made the news. Uh, they took out all the anything with homosexuality or any any of that. They took it all out of the things going to certain areas. So. Uh, as I heard one YouTuber point out, it's like, if you're really trying to like change the world or something, you think this is doing you good, you would have just kept it in there, but no, it's about money, money. Cause it's pandering. And it does remind me, I mean, some of the silliness that happened is they, uh, they were trying to put a Puerto Rican flag in, uh, the Morales apartment and they even have a suit that you unlock, which I thought, you know, I saw, I saw red, white, and blue. I thought it looked cool on miles. I wore it for a while, but I didn't realize, Oh, that's supposed to be the Puerto Rican flag. I'm like, Oh, okay. But they goofed up. They actually made the Cuban flag. And then people got upset. Puerto Ricans were getting upset. I mean, the Puerto Rican, it's a U.S. territory. I'm not sure why they're not a state. I don't know what's up with that. I don't, you know, I haven't gotten into it, but they're in a U.S. territory. They're, they're, they're not quite Americans, but kind of. I don't know how that works. Um, but they have red, white, and blue for flags and they have a star. And it's nice looking and it looked kind of cool on a suit. But like on Instagram where this news was coming up, I actually saw somebody in there. It's like, hey, yeah, don't mess this up. This one is our Spider-Man. And to which, and when I hear something like that, it's like, was the original Spider-Man not your Spider-Man too? Wasn't all of us as Spider-Man? Is Batman not all of ours as Batman or Superman? Or uh, is Black Panther, oh, hey, look, there we go. Is he, is he not my Black Panther because he's not a white guy? Or any superhero not mine because they don't look like me? Because, hey, I'm a 46-year-old, slightly overweight, scrawny, unathletic guy. I don't look like any superheroes. Does that mean that they're not, you know, not mine? Because they don't, I don't resemble them. That's not why we get into superheroes. It doesn't matter what color or anything like that. The where we have, we have to have, well, this one is ours. That is, that is a joke because they're out there for all of us. No, no matter, you know, what color they are or whatnot, you know, they're out there. It's supposed to be for all of us and we're supposed to all be able to enjoy. Why do we have to separate and claim? So that's something I really think the world needs to stop doing is dividing us when we should be able to unite and be together and stuff like that and just all enjoy, you know, his miles is a good character, but he, and even as I just having this discussion outside of the store, we really wish he'd get his own name. I was thinking, well, let's call him the electro spider or electric spider. Cause he's got the cool kind of venom electric powers. He's a different kind of thing and he should have his own name and let him make his own way instead of, Oh, look, he's also Spider-Man because now you have two of them. And in the game, it's ridiculous when they call him each other Spider-Man. It sounds like they're talking about themselves in the third person. And you have to stop and think, Oh, you're talking to the other one. And it's kind of ridiculous, but overall, as far as a game goes, as far as Spider-Man game, it is pretty good. Um, I've heard some people say they didn't like the story as much as the original game. And yeah, they, they a lot of the story we, you know, with, with Doc Ock and everything. In the first game was really good. And is very personal on Peter. Uh, this though, I, I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's seeing what the symbiote's doing when the symbiote, when the symbiote finally gets involved in the story, it really steps up. Uh, cause you got to go like halfway through and you got a lot of interesting things. Uh, but there's interesting, you know, side villains, you know, that are not part of the main story, but side villains you can go and deal with. Uh, Sandman pops up as the first villain, but there's in order to continue the Sandman mission, you have to do some side quests. Uh, like Mysterio is a side quest. Chameleon popped up as a side quest. Um, I don't, so far where I'm at, I haven't gotten a fight with Chameleon. I've just noticed that he's there. So 
Because you can't have Craven the Hunter without Chameleon in there. Am I right? Am I right? For those of us that are in the know on the comics, you know, Craven and the Chameleon, you know, you got you to gotta put them together. Somehow or another, they both have to be involved. Uh, let's see what other villain have I gotten to fight as a side quest that I didn't have to do. Uh, I think that's mainly it. Um, yeah, I mean, but, but it's kind of nice that some of these other villains get to pop up uh, as, you know, for doing these side missions, you get to complete stories with some of these other villains and seeing how some of these villains are actually trying to reform. And uh, some other stuff happens with some villains that I did not expect, which probably was not a good idea because, Hey, that's a villain you could have used later. Uh, although it's villains we've you know gotten to fight already in the previous game. And, you know, uh, but overall, yeah, it's still a good game and they're going to brag about, you know, hopefully they focus on the reason why it sold so many because they were talking about how many copies they sold. It's like, yeah, we sold that and you sold that many copies because the first game was just that good. And we have high hopes that this is going to be good uh, like the first one. It didn't have anything to do with your pandering. Um, but anyways, uh, let's go get into some news. the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alrighty, so uh, I, I've narrowed down a lot of the uh, the news that I was going to talk about, but one is because, you know, heck, I'm a Kansas City guy. And this was actually, the story actually popped up like October 12th, uh, and uh, this is from KSHB, which is one of our channels. But uh, like over over 101 years after its initial construction, thank you, Walt Disney Incorporated looks to reimagine the Laugh-O-Gram studio for a new generation. Key components include immersive museum, state-of-the-art teaching facility, co-working space, as well as theater and lecture hall. So that's you know what we know, right, of what was going on with. And there was an initial grant given to thank you, Walt Disney, to rebuild the Laugh-O-Gram studio here in Kansas City. But now they've got a grant to help fund a movie and the renovation. So uh, this was a five thousand dollar grant awarded. Uh, from the American or for the Missouri Humanities Grant. Uh, and this is going to thank you, Walt Disney. This is for a film for educating local and national communities to the critical role the Laugh-O-Gram studio played in animation history. Now, those of us who are Disney fans, you know, or previous Disney fans or vintage Disney fans, um, we know about this, right? But this is cool to actually make a documentary here locally. Uh, the former McConaughey building is at 31st and Forest Avenue, briefly housed the animation studio for Walt Disney's Laugh-O-Gram films, including known as the Cradle of Hollywood Animation. And uh, if you've been to my Planet Comic Con presentations, you'll know why it can be the Cradle of Hot Animation, because so many animators left here and did big things out there in the world of animation in the, those early years. Okay, so the next thing, and Thundercats getting a new series from Naclan, Shalry, and Drew Moss. And this is a comic, which uh, I'm not sure if it has released already because it's been a while. This is coming out through Dynamite Studios. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment has already done some big deals with Disney. Now it's doing similar deals with Warner Brothers Discovery, leaving Marvel and DC scratching their heads, wondering just what is going on here. That is what it says here on BleedingCool.com. Uh, so this is some of the writers we talk Moon Knight, some Moon Knight writers, Declan Shelby and Drew Moss. It's original story set in the earliest days of Third Earth. And this is apparently continuing uh, with the Flintstones, Powerpuff Girls, Space Ghost, Johnny Quest, The Wizard of Oz, We Bear Bears, all this kind of stuff coming out through Dynamite where they've gotten all this licensing. But we have a new comic book and probably a reimagining of the Thundercats as created by Tobin Wolf and a cartoon that ran from 1985 to 1989. 
animated uh, by the Japanese studio Pacific Animation Corporation, co-produced by Rankin Bass Animated Entertainment. Uh, this was, of course, revived back in 2011. And then 2020, Thundercats Roar. We just ignore that that one existed, that Thundercats Roar. But so we've got a comic book coming. Uh, I'm not sure when it was supposed to have released. It may already be out there now. Those of you who are looking into this, go and check it out. Uh, there's some cover art up Bleeding Cool. But uh, this has been a while since I found this article because uh, I haven't been able to put a show out. So uh, we missed out some things. Next big news story. Charles Richard Mall, so known as just Richard Mall, passed away uh, just this weekend. Um, uh, he was known for being Bull Shannon. Um, oh, his full name, Astro, uh, Aristotle Nostradamus Bull Shannon. He was a bailiff on Night Court from 1984 to 1992. Uh, those of us that are fans of the Batman animated series will know him as playing Harvey Dent in Two-Face. Uh, he did a lot of voice work. Uh, he was just, he was six foot by the age of 12 and just kept growing until he was about six foot eight. He was just a really big member of the Kappa Alpha Order fraternity over at University of California, Berkeley. Uh, ooh, wow. A lot of stuff in his career. 1977 film called Brigham. Uh, he appeared as Joseph Smith, the founder of the LDS movement. Uh, he played a lot of different things on Mork and Mindy. Um, I also played Zushi in The Sword and the Sorcerer. I've heard of that movie, but I don't know that I have seen it. But uh, some of his voiceover, which you're going to be more familiar with, uh, he even played Scorpion on the Spider-Man animated series of the 90s, uh, originally voiced by Martin Landau, which was interesting. Uh, he was the Abomination in the Incredible Hulk series, originally voiced by Kevin Scone. Uh, also provided voice work on Batman Brave and the Bold as Lou Moxon. Uh, came of course uh, as Two Face, uh, Mighty Max, lots of different, lots of different voice work. Uh, there's a whole list of different things, and he's always was such an entertainer. Uh, even um, you might remember, I think that's the first movie I can think of. Oh my goodness, this this list of cartoons, this television list is amazing, and even some video game work here. Uh, Fallout from 1997. There was the Incredible Hulk: Ultimate Destruction, but I think the first movie I remember seeing him in was the Flintstones movie. Uh, there's probably some other movies uh, other than that. This, yeah, this was, you know, yeah, because I guess going back to that, Brigham was a movie, but uh, Caveman, he played in Abominable Snowman. Caveman was an old movie from 81. I think I remember seeing little bits of, uh, wow, uh, House, uh, you know, like the original one. There was a couple of those. They were kind of horrors and a little bit of comedy. A Loaded Weapon 1, I think that was a, a parent, uh, parody. Lots of different movies. I'm trying to find other stuff that I actually recognize. I think he did a lot of com uh, comedies because Snide and Prejudice. Uh, Casper, Spirited Beginning. Casper meets Wendy. Uh, yeah, a lot of different. Scary Movie 2. Lots of different movies. Uh, he was just such a great entertainer and was just so funny uh, and used his fact that he was like six foot eight to, to his advantage to uh, make us all laugh. And we definitely appreciate him for it. Uh, I do want to go through and mention we have a, a new sponsor called Dubby. And I have links if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com or if you go to W.GG. Uh, and when you enter, uh, enter the code Neverland to get 10% off your order. They have uh, energy drinks. And this is um, 
This is different. It's like a, I think it's like a mix. I haven't gotten, I need to order. I'm supposed to get some free samples so I can try it out. There's a starter sampler pack that you can get like a water bottle and you can mix the powder in. So it's like a mixed drink, but it's energy drinks that they promise no jitters. Uh, so they, they've, what they call it a neuro factor. It's a patented all natural coffee, cherry extract to help fuel you. This ingredient is what gives W its laser focus and fast reflex effects, making it perfect for gamers. Uh, they've they've handpicked what they believe to be the 10 most critical ingredients for focus and concentration. W contains important aminos and vitamins that canned energy drinks simply don't have. Uh, and they even, I think you can buy t-shirts and stuff here too, because <laughs> they've got all this different kind of merchandise. But once again, go to W.GG and uh, use the, the code Neverland to get 10% off your order. Or to save you some time, go to NeverlandPodcast.com and use the links you'll find there. It'll take you right in there and get you that stuff. And like I said, I need to order me some, but I've been out of commission, so I haven't gotten a chance to get some. But now well, while we're taking this sponsored break, uh, let's hear a few more words from some other sponsors. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Neverland train of thought. All right, another year, another batch of fifth grade head cases. Let's just get through it. I hope everyone's met our class pets, Leonardo and Squirtle. I'm not touching those things. Don't they eat, sleep, and poo in the same place? Hey, I poo where he sleeps. I feel the hunger. It's a hunger. That lizard looks pretty old. Do I look old? Thank you. No animal wants to be locked up. I wasted my life. This year, every student has to take home a class pet. This is my shot. Are you nuts? Okay, I was going to pause this right here, uh, mainly because, yeah, there's too much copyright music going on, and I don't want to have the problems with that. Uh, granted, I mean, this is a, a trailer, but it's using so much licensed music that it's just going to cause me problems for the podcast, especially when I share this over to YouTube for anyone who uh, wants to listen on YouTube. But this is a movie called Leo that's coming to Netflix. It's from Adam Sandler, uh, and you might have recognized his voice. Uh, he shares a terrarium uh, with a turtle. He's, he's playing a lizard, a 74-year-old lizard lizard and uh, has a terrarium mate who's a turtle voiced by bill burr and uh this is he uh has a new lease on life as the class students um are required to take him home now <laughs> we'll just take me home tonight we're just playing uh if you get a chance to watch this entire trailer i can't I, like i said i really can't share anymore because it was just really relying way too much on some other songs and it was about to change to another song uh, it actually looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and goofiness and uh, I am actually interested in checking it out. The animation looks kind of fun and goofy looking. Uh, here's something else called the Iron Claw. Some of you who are wrestling fans are probably going to already, when you hear that, you're, you're going to think of something instantly. But uh, it's a movie about the Von Eriks. 
Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing could ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Morning. Pants tomorrow, please, David. Terry, I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Woo! Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. What do you want in life, Kevin Von Eric? More ribs. <laughs> I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers. What do you like to do with your brothers? Together, we can do anything. We're here to restore justice to the wrestling federation that our father built with his own two hands. The hands that were passed down to us. The hands that will deliver the iron claw to you. So what do you think? Like we're alive. I love your family, Kevin. Don't we, Uncle? Yes, sir. Oh, man, that makes me so happy. I talked to you about something, Mom. Dad's too tough on us. You gotta say something. Baby, that's what your brothers are for. Feel that? Ah. You feel that? Ah. That's pressure. I mean, you're pushing too hard. I'm fine, Kev. Seriously, I'm just sick. I'm scared, man. It all matter of control. Think about my family. Your job is to wrestle. Live up to that deal, or we are through. I just love being out there with you guys. It's the only thing that matters to me. The father will forever be the greatest family in the history of wrestling. Never has Rush kind of just seemed to fit so good <laughs> into a movie trailer. So this uh, is from writer-director Sam Durkin, starring Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson, Maura Tierney, uh, Stanley Simons, and Holt McElhaney, uh, and Lily James. The Iron Claw comes to theaters everywhere December 22nd. Uh, that's I got to tell you, that's, uh, there's some tragedy that happened in the Von Erich family, which they kind of hint at in there. Uh, it's it's not a, a happy story all the way through, but it's uh, it's just interesting. And that's, I mean, that's one of wrestling's biggest families. Uh, but, you know, did you see the Elvis movie? And, you know, I did enjoy it. Uh, but you ever curious about Priscilla's story? Hi. What's your name? Priscilla Boyer. You like Elvis Presley? Of course. Who doesn't? One of the kids must need to these days. Bobby, Darren, Fabian, and you. <laughs> Just what is the intent here, Mr. Presley? You got women throwing themselves at you. Why my daughter? Well, sir, I happen to be very fond of your daughter. She's much more mature than her age. 21! Yeah. 22. What? That's 22. 22. You don't have to worry about it. Black hair and more eye makeup. I don't know if I like it. What do you mean you don't know if you like it? He's not like you imagine. 
there's a lot of rumors about you. Was there something you're hiding? Oh, I need a woman who understands that things like this might happen. Are you gonna be here or not? I want a life of my own. Coming to theaters November 3rd, Priscilla telling her side of things, which, you know, it was all not all wine and roses. We already know that, that Elvis had enough of his troubles, but uh, her perspective and uh, hopefully uh, they did work with Priscilla and making this. Um, I know Priscilla did kind of sign off a lot, like on that Elvis movie, uh, did enjoy it. And you know, she still still was fond of him, but yeah, he had problems and she needed to get away from him, I think, at some point. Uh, it, yeah, it was not a really great marriage uh, in a lot of aspects. Uh, a lot of infidelity. Uh, this trailer, uh, this is coming out now December 15th. That's the next one. Uh, we this The trailer came out a while back, but this is the second trailer we got for Wonka. Like I said, it's December 15th, and I'm actually pretty excited. You're the funny little man who's been following me. Funny little man? How dare you? I will have you know that I am a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. An Oompa what now? In fact, in Loompa Land, I am regarded as something of a whopper. They call me Lofty. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, greetings to you all. My name is Willy Wonka. You see, I'm something of a magician. Prepare to be amazed. Tape up. Inventor. May I present Willy Wonka's wild and wonderful wishy-washy Wonka Walker. Please don't make me say that again. And chocolate maker. The best chocolate in the world. Ooh. He's good. Too good. And anyone can afford them. Even the... The poor? He doesn't like it when people say poor. Send Wonka a message. Do not sell chocolate in this town! You're gonna get more than a bonk on the head. I love a bonk on the head. What is with me today? You should stand up to those bullies. Give them the old one, two. I got an idea. Where do we start? Making chocolate, of course. Run away! Every good thing in this world started with a dream. So you hold on to yours. I guess it's time to change the world. Bumpa, lumpa, dumpa, diddy. I'm not in premium economy. Good night, sir. I am going flat. Huh. What is it? Nothing. Well, it's obviously something because you said, huh. Forget it. Very well. Huh. Oh, you did it again. Tell me what it is or I shall poke you quite viciously with a cocktail stick. 
No. <laughs> Originally, when I heard uh, they were going to try to do a prequel to Willy Wonka, like the original movie, uh, I thought, oh, no, you really can't do it. But then getting a look at what they've done, uh, I must say, I got excited for it. And there's that second trailer. It looks great. Uh, a lot of fun. I am. I'm pretty much looking forward to that one. Uh, and you hear something else. There's more fun stuff coming around Christmas time. This is called Candy Cane Lane. It's Eddie Murphy. I need your breakfast to mount a reindeer. What? Why are you like this? Thank you so much, baby. Dad, look. Sugar, got a lot of spice. Wow. Merry Christmas. Oh, hey. What's Christmas without a little terror? Check that list twice. What was your Christmas wish? I just wanted to be the best Christmas ever. Oh, ignore all the fine print. Honestly, it's like you're signing your life away. crazy hold up that was your wish not like i don't know world peace and hunger and homelessness stop climate change save the polar bears new drake album oh i love drake point taken oh my god oh look at you high stuff looking like a tall drink of water i'm enchanted December 1st, coming to Amazon Prime. Oh, I need to stop. It's got an ad for Amazon Prime going on here. Eddie Murphy stars in this holiday comedy adventure about a man on a mission to win his neighborhood's annual Christmas home decoration contest. After Chris, played by Eddie Murphy, inadvertently makes a deal with a mischievous elf named Pepper, played by Jillian Bell, to better his chances of winning, she casts a magic spell that brings the 12 days of Christmas to life and wreaks havoc on the whole town. At the risk of ruining the holidays for his family, Chris and his wife Carol, played by Tracy Ellis Ross, and their three children must race against the clock to break Pepper's spell, battle deviously magical characters, and save Christmas for everyone. Uh, so those of you that have Prime, you'll have access to this. I, I don't know if I have access to Prime through like my phone thing or not. I don't know. I don't think I have Prime. Uh, but that looks like it's going to be fun. So those of you with Prime, check it out and let me know what you think of it. Something I do have, though, is Disney Plus, and we get a, a, a second season for The Santa Claus is... <laughs> The best part of Christmas is spending time with your loved ones. Checking it twice. Which is why I'm so geeked to turn Santa into a family business. I want Sandra to be in charge of the reindeer. Oh, yes! And I really believe that my son, Cal, has what it takes to be the next Santa. We're gonna make North Pole history part of Cal's training. Who's Magnus Antis? The Mad Santa. Is that something for us to worry about? Santa? I am Santa! The rightful Santa! The Santa who occupies the North Pole now is a fraud! Ho, ho, ho! Time for a little Santa magic. Revenge will be swift and sweet. I am Santa, after all. <laughs> Merry Christmas! If you know this or not, but I was wrongly exiled, exiled from, from the, the North, North Pole. Pole. I was very, very mean, mean and very, very unfair. unfair. Yeah, you, you might have mentioned it. 
Our family is full of magic. We can handle this. Get my jetpack. Gary, find the nutcracker. Gary, stop eating pudding out of the trash. When does it end? They're heading straight for us. What is this? It's a saddle blaster. A little uncomfortable knowing we have a weapon at the North Pole called a Santa blaster. That's hilarious. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Two episodes coming November 8th, uh, which hopefully that's giving me something to watch on Disney Plus, because I, I, I've... I could mention that I didn't watch one episode of Loki. It was very weird and confusing. And I was like, eh, it didn't, it didn't hold my interest. I watched one episode of Ahsoka and I didn't like it. So uh, maybe hopefully this returning will be giving me a series to watch. I'd still rather have a lot more vintage. Wish they're getting more vintage day after day, more different stuff. I keep finding new vintage things being brought onto Disney Plus. So maybe they're finally figuring out that that's what we wanted. All right. So I got one last trailer here. This is for the season four of The Chosen. It's time. What wondrous love is this? Oh, my Listen carefully soul. to my words. Oh, my soul. There are those for whom this will set off a series of events. What wondrous love is this? Oh, my soul. My followers won't understand. The son of man must suffer many things. You are the son of God. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss? I know it's hard. Man makes it much harder. To bear the dreadful curse. When he leans on his own understanding. To bear the dreadful What is to come? Storing nearing its end. Alright, so this fourth season, it says clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, the enemies of Jesus are closing in while his followers are struggling to keep up, living leaving him to carry the burden alone. Uh, I still have only gotten to really watch, I think, most of the first season. I haven't finished. I need to get through and just watch it all. I'm falling really behind. Uh, but it looks like we're getting up to the crucifixion. And the interesting thing is the Chosen series can go on past the crucifixion because, I mean, you can dive right into, like, the book of Acts. Because this is about, not about Jesus so much as it is about the people he chose. And it's about the apostles. And the story of the apostles goes on and really begins after Jesus is gone and when they get empowered by the Holy Spirit and they go out amongst the world and follow out Jesus' command to spread the gospel. Uh, and so, I mean, this thing could keep going. All right. I have a movie review for you. Oh, Want to see a movie? Yeah. Any good? It was bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good, bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A, a fandom, fandom Nexus, Nexus movie review. Five Nights at Freddy's is a video game series and media franchise created by Scott Cawthon. First video game of the same name was released August 8th, 2014, and the resultant series 
has gained worldwide popularity. And that's what it says on Wikipedia. Uh, so, you know, I think we mentioned some of the stuff about Five Nights at Freddy's when uh, when I think I got to see, see the first season. I think I, I did a little bit of research on the game series because I haven't been a big fan of the games. I played a little bit of, I think, the first one on my mobile phone. And there are some, you know... Some areas of the game that just didn't seem to make sense to me, like why why have we got such a limited power and what's going on? Why are we guarding this place anyway? You know, but it really caught on with the kids and now teenagers and even some young adults, and uh, you know, it is it is a pretty good quality. Now, Cawthon previously developed some Christian-oriented games and eventually used some of the feedback to make something intentionally scarier because he had made uh, made something that was unintentionally. Uh, scary. So then he came up with a different thing and with some crowdsourcing on Greenlight, actually managed to release Five Nights at Freddy's uh, out there on Steam and for mobile and stuff like that. And it has grown into a big phenomenon. And so now he's finally gotten to have a movie which uh, stars Joss Hutcherson and Piper Rubio and Elizabeth Lale, Matthew Lillard, Ma- Mary Stuart Masterson, uh, and a lot of other people uh, that I was not really familiar with a lot of these other actors, uh, a lot of child actors and stuff. That's very important. Uh, this was written by Scott Cawthorn with Seth Kudabach and Emma Tommy, Tammy, I guess, or Tommy, yeah, I guess it's Tammy, uh, which I think they did have a bit more influence over the writing of the screenplay. I'm sure he came up with all the story concepts and went from there. Uh, but there was some language, mild language, but still some language in the film. I was expecting when I saw this, it was going to be similar to Gremlins. And it might be you know a little scary, but mostly kind of fun, a bit of a sense of humor to it and um, pretty much clean. Uh, that is not what this movie was. It is straight up a horror film. Uh, it has that I, there's the critics have not been kind. Uh, it's got like a 27 percent on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. Uh, I'm not sure what the fans are saying right now, other than I looked at a few fan reviews and they seem to like it. But I think this movie was really made for the fans of the game series. And I'm sure the fans of the game series are probably just loving this. I thought it was pretty good. But the the thing that I would say the critics probably were probably pointing out that I, I haven't read their thoughts, but the tone keeps shifting because uh, it has moments of levity that it don't seem to fit in. It doesn't make sense. Um because like the uh, the animatronic characters or robotic characters are controlled both by the children they are possessed by and also by the person who killed them. And they keep switching personalities. And so you have, you know, one point they're like, oh, we're going to have fun. Let's play. We're going to build a fort. Do to do to do. Hey, fun. Oh, then we're going to be killing you. Uh, they keep going back and forth. And it, it's. The tone keeps changing, and at one point you're thinking, well, maybe the only people getting killed are some bad people who break into the place, uh, but that doesn't get in there. Oh, my, I'm sorry. My phone's going off telling me my blood pressure is high because I've been drinking orange juice here, uh, trying to get some vitamin D into my system. Uh, pardon me if you heard that. Uh, but the, the tone keeps shifting, and there are some people that they killed that like seem fairly innocent. Like, wait a minute. that what? what? Why this person getting killed? But it has to do, I think, with the the real bad guy. And I think if they could have focused the bad guy on one particular character, and that's the only character we see killing anyone, then it would have made sense. Um, But it goes kind of weirdly back and forth and everything. But really, in the game, any one of these animatronics could come and get you. So I guess they're, you know, keeping with that idea. Uh, overall, I mean, I think it's worth watching. And if you're a fan of the games, you're probably just going to love this and watch it repeatedly. I don't think I would, you know, I told my wife that I don't think this has become part of my regular October viewing uh, when I'm looking for something slightly spooky. I don't think I'm going to watch this regularly, but I, I did enjoy it. And I, I was kind of interested in the story. 
it just it felt like tonally it was all over the place sometimes between not sure whether and we're going to make it gremlins where it's you know oh yeah we got these little monsters but hey we're going to have some fun with it at the same time i felt like it wanted to maybe do that but then didn't so i don't know <laughs> it seems like it just didn't quite hit uh, the mark of what they were trying to do. Uh, so, I mean, if you're a fan of the games, I think it's worth definitely going to be worth for you to watch it. You're probably going to love it. If you're at least familiar with it, you might want to just check it out just for, you know, just to, just to look. Uh, but it's maybe not going to be the greatest movie you've ever seen. But it's I think it's worth viewing. I don't know if it would be worth going to the theater. You can watch it right now on Peacock if you have that available to you. And that's what I did. I watched it on Peacock. And I think that was that was worth the price, uh, not having to pay anything additionally to watch it. I don't know if I would have paid money in the theaters. Well, I probably would have paid when it went to the theater because it looked cool. And, you know, I thought it was going to be more fun than it was. But it really was not f- a fun movie. It was a straight up horror movie. Uh, so there's you know, PG-13. Yes, it lives up to that. You know, 13 and over. Don't take your kids thinking, oh, well, it's a little game with a thing. No, even if your kids play this game, this movie is not for them. Uh, they try to keep the level of violence that you see on screen down, but there's some blood and you get to see some uh, results of what happened to the bodies after something horrible has been done to it. Uh, and this it's really not appropriate for anyone under 13. And I will emphasize that uh, right now. OK, so it has been said. OK, now uh, I'm going to turn the corner real quick and I'm going to read something. You're going to hear me in my conversation with Philip uh, that I. It's like I wanted to read these to you again, and I'm going to read these are quotes from Walt Disney. Deeds rather than words express my concept of the part of religion should play in everyday life. I have watched constantly that in our movie works, the highest moral and spiritual standards are upheld, whether it deals with fable or with stories or living action. And another quote, I ask myself, live a good Christian life. Towards that objective, I bend every effort in shaping my personal, domestic and professional activities and growth. Also says, I believe firmly in the eff- that's a rough word for me. Efficacy of religion and its powerful influence on a person's whole life. It helps immeasurably to meet the storm and stress of life and keep you attuned to the divine inspiration. Without inspiration, we would perish. There you go. Three quotes directly from the man, Walt Disney, that led to this next conversation. All right, so now we have a very, very special uh segment i don't know what to call this our main topic uh for today and this actually was inspired by a sermon actually given here in the very church that we're sitting in right now uh where you mentioned uh uh, christianity and disney yeah uh briefly it it popped up and i was like huh so i was was still paying attention doing my job there in the back but i'm also there with my laptop and i was like you know what i bet i could find a lot of christian references in classic and vintage disney Uh, i meant to bring two things with me today my glasses so I could read better, and my book that I quoted from last week that had quotes from Walt Disney of how his how his faith played into his life and also yes. into inspiration for his creativity. Yes. And I meant to read those again today, but Lost Boy Philip is back again. Hey, how you doing? So, uh, and him being a pastor up here, who else? You oh, yeah. say, plus, you being a Disney fan, and you're the one that mentioned it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love classic Disney. And, and uh, hey. like Christianity, too, don't we? Oh, man. <laughs> It's my every day, every day, every moment of the day, really. Every moment, every hour. I thought every I was going to try to Jesus, Jesus Christ is my best friend, mm-hmm. and he helps me. Many times I, I say stupid things, just like everybody else. I make my mistakes, but many times the Lord God helps me 
the Holy Spirit's my muzzle. And sometimes <laughs> I mess up and say stupid things anyway. And uh, then I start to feel guilty. That's yeah. what the Holy Spirit does. And then I learn from that. And I remember it next time when I start to. I'll, Mm-hmm. Muzzle me, Lord, muzzle. And it does always. It reminds me now. Of, uh, I was uh, listening to uh, so those of you familiar with James Kennison of that story show, and he's also got another podcast he does called The Gospel of Kennison. Uh, but he's talked about some of his struggles, and he even has another podcast for it because he's a former children's pastor. Sure, sure. Uh, and so he started another podcast, uh, which is uh, less than Christ-like. Oh, that he calls yeah, it. I like or that. not quite Christ-like. Oh, I, I called. like that. Uh, but he likes to go through. It's like you know, that's it's about the fact that. This isn't easy. Sometimes no. we struggle. and But he, he brought himself to tears one time. I was listening to his uh, The Gospel of Kennison, and mainly because he deals with depression and all the things oh, he yeah. does. And he says, like, yeah. there's times he tries to let go of God. And then tears, you can hear it in his voice. God never lets go of me. Amen. And that's when, when we screw up, like you're talking about, like, you know, like the, when the Holy Spirit got convictions of stuff. That's because God didn't let go of you. When Amen. you kind of, when we, yeah, a little bit, you know, God's like, hey, well, hey, 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 come here. Come here, child. In fact... In fact, I'm work. I'm pretty much done. Almost done. I'm working on a sermon right now. Uh, you, I was working on it when you came in here. Uh, working on a sermon called "Fallen," and it's for tomorrow. And I'll be speaking about the fallen angels, demons, mm-hmm. uh, and that is for tomorrow. And how their constant job, their constant mission if you will, is to make us fall too. Yeah. And so that Satan can stand there and point the finger at us. That's exactly right. Us. That's what he His does constant now. job is to make the lost fall farther away and to make the, those who are children of God fall so that the fallen can stay fallen and point at those who are already saved to, to have a horrible example so that the fallen will stay away, yeah. farther away. Yeah, because when God, when we mess up, when God shows up, he just calls us to repent us and That's forgive us. Satan will give you guilt and hold you down like yeah. a brick with just guilt and make you useless. And those who stay uh, disobedient, those who are disobedient, a lot of times, and I'm talking about those who are immature in this yeah. will want to stay immature so they don't feel very guilty. And I say very guilty because the Holy Spirit will make us feel guilty. Yeah. But when you're an immature child, well, there's a difference yeah. between guilt and convicted. There you go. Because guilt is, a, is like an emotional weight mm-hmm. and it holds you down and, and doesn't bring you back. Conviction brings you to repentance and brings you back. That's exactly right. And that's what, the difference. You, what you a lot of times will try to do when you're a child. And I say, and I'm not talking child, spiritually speaking. I'm talking about a very immature child of God. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means that you're uh, you're still growing. You're growing and very immature and almost enjoy it if you're if you're not very close like you should be. That's so true. you stay in that. And because let's habits. be honest, there's a lot of kids who are immature little brats, and I'm talking about in real life. Immature little brats, but they're not been raised right. And they enjoy their immaturity. And they and yeah. some people say, Oh, that means they're not the child of God. No. Let's go back to the, the real child. A real child is still a child of their mother and father. Yeah. But they're not been raised to be obedient, just like a lot of true Christians. They are Christians, children of the Lord, but yeah. they've been raised by either their church or other people they've heard of to be a disobedient little child. Yeah. And stay disobedient and enjoy their disobedience. And that's the sad truth. Yeah. That reminds me of actually something I... Uh Oh, I guess it was something. Uh, I was. It was a, a YouTube post. It wasn't a video from. Uh, and I think I, you shared one of his videos and ever. But I, I like to watch him. Cap. Um, I can't think of his last name now. But he was sharing something and everything, uh, and asking like, you know, what, 
what were you delivered from? And what is, you know, what is, what is one of the, because like everybody All share with me some of the miraculous things God has done in your life. And a lot of it is what they've walked away from. Yes. And in one comments where this one, uh, I believe it was a woman that she was fully in a homosexual lifestyle. Oh, that God yeah. has healed yeah. her completely. It's like Praise changed her affections. It's everything has changed for her. One person I saw in a comment and it broke my heart. This guy was saying, it's like, well, I, I planned one day. I, I'm going to do that when I get to my deathbed because I want to live my lifestyle right now. And I said, my friend, you are gambling with your very yeah. soul because you're not guaranteed a deathbed. You could go out and get hit by a car, have a sudden yes. heart attack. Anything could happen to you. And, and because you're trying that. to delay, you don't get that chance. And if the life you think you're enjoying now <laughs> is, is no is no good. The life you can have in Christ is so much better than what you're settling for. Exactly. I, I hope, I hope that some of that is taken to heart and sunk in, but you know, it's, it's hard to win souls over, over social media. Yeah. But, well, that's it. But that that's broke it. my heart when I read that. I was like, don't, don't delay because, because you want to live the way you want to live. And, and then, and say, well, I'm going to repent later and I'm, I'm going to come to Christ later, but I, I don't want to have to change. Well, it's like, don't wait. He's, that what he's settling for is a peace of happiness. It said true yeah, happiness and, and peace. He won't have joy. He'll That's just have, what I mean. He'll have pleasures of this world. And That's it'll feel exactly good for right. a season, but it's a slavery. That's right. It's a slavery. True peace oh. and, and joy. And, and we're going to talk about peace and joy. Yes. And it's coming. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but one of the things, like, one thing that I think when when, when I heard, heard like what the difference really between guilt and conviction, almost mm. rather, this is really good because guilt makes you say, oh, I am scum. I am just horrible. Oh, and it's it just depression. It just brings you down exactly mm. where Satan wants you. Where conviction, when when the spirit gets a hold of you, and you're like, "Oh, I should not have done that." What's the first thing we just? Oh God, I am so sorry. That's it. We've repented. So that's like the difference is us holding down, like, "Oh, I am just horrible. I am the worst person ever," and that you will never grow that way. I think a lot of times with guilt, you put your head down, but you keep walking that direction in that road. Yeah, you'll but keep going. Yeah, you're not looking the fact you need to change direction. Is you hit the brake, you turn around, you walk right mm-hmm. back, and God always with open arms says, that's come, it. "Come back, child. Come back." That's it. The prodigal son mm-hmm. was. Uh, feeling guilty when he was sitting there looking at the pig eating. Right. But when he was convicted, he said, I could have had better. And he turned around mm-hmm. and went walking back. He repented. He and turned his there life was the father mm-hmm. waiting. And he slaughtered the fatted pig. Yes, he <laughs> did. It's time to go to fatted cow. Well, either way, it's, it's like a, a calf. Yeah. 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 It's a but calf. Still, it's a, it's a, it's meat. <laughs> he went from a pig to a calf. There you go. <laughs> I like a good ham sandwich. But oh, hey. <laughs> but I like a good hamburger better. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? Ham with on a hamburger with some ham on there. Especially some good sausage. Ooh, I could probably eat a sausage burger. There you go. You can make some pretty good sausage out of beef. Now that's, like, a, that's a sermon right there. Some seasoning. You went from ham to beef. <laughs> ham to beef. <laughs> Where's the beef? McDonald's <laughs> burger. <laughs> All right, some of us get that joke if you watched our fan film. Okay, but anyway, so uh, we hope you enjoyed that little mini sermon. Uh, um, but uh, we were going to talk about the Walt Disney Company and or and the, the product that the, the Disney had company put out through the years yes. and where you could find faith in it. And I found a few articles about it. And we got to make sure we tell where they get the articles sure. from. But um, the one thing that uh, I'd almost forgotten about this because I love this. Like one of my favorite films uh, that they did was Lady and the Tramp. And I remember oh, when, I love when it. we rented it, we watched it back to back like two, three times. I love Lady I got a little book of it. I love that one. But the opening of that movie... Tremendous. I, when I was a kid, I didn't pay attention to the lyrics of this opening song. But then when I watched it as an adult, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And I went, I looked up the lyrics and I found it on a Disney fandom wiki. This is, it's a song they called, uh, oh, what is it? Night of Peace or hang on. Peace on Earth is mm-hmm. the name of this song that they wrote. Uh, it is meant to be the, again, sort of close to the melody. It was based around Silent Night. 
Mm, with yes. different lyrics. And here's the lyrics that somebody wrote. Silent as a snowflake in the night. Holy is the spirit of this night. All the world is calm and peaceful. All the world is bright and joyful. Spirit of love and child of peace. Love unending that shall not cease. Peace, my children of goodwill. Peace, my children. Peace. Be still. I Every time I read it, I just, oh. And at it's the just end of the film, me. it goes back to that. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the same song exactly. But you hear it again because we're, we go, go to it's a year later. It's yeah, Christmas it goes again. back to that same feeling. And when I saw it the first time all the way through, because you understand that. Now, first of all, when you're a kid, a year seems like forever. Mm-hmm. But we never got to see the films like over and over and over again <laughs> like because VHS. you didn't have VHSs right away. That took a while. And Betamax was expensive. Oh, heck Woo. yeah. But also what they did back then was they brought them out for rent, some, but then they would save some golden classics for a while and put them out of the theater put out theater yeah. and then which it kind of made them more special though. Yeah. yeah certain ones you know and then that they had like that one Snow White Pinocchio Cer- certain ones that Cinderella they would save them for and a be certain, away for another generation that's it another generation <laughs> then was every five years but you're right but five years seemed like an eternity when you're yeah. a little boy when you don't get to watch them all or the time. a girl yeah yeah and we had to uh, wait and I remember that one came out when I was 10 years old at the theater, and I would finally see it for the first time all the way through. So I see bits and pieces every year, whether it be Christmas, Halloween, whatever. They show bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Halloween, they'd always show the, we are Siamese. If you, you know, please. Yeah, they show that because they're the evil. And yeah. then they would, and they were, and they're then they mean would, cats. <laughs> yeah, they're mean. But we're going, of course, from a dog, a movie that's about, about the love of dogs. So they were mean. Yeah. But those were bad cats, but yeah. they're not the example of what cats are. No, like. no. But As they, an owner of three kitty cats. Well, they're, they're evil cats, but there's also evil dogs in some of right. movies, you know? It just depends on what you're talking about. You babysat an evil dog once. Oh, my goodness. Goes. And I've had evil cats. <laughs> oh, he's the only evil cat. Is in yeah. my, but anyway, all that being said, and it was partially Siamese, incidentally, which at that time in my life, I had it. But uh, though, in when we went and saw that at the theater, it, it just happened to be Christmas Eve. Oh, and perfect. so when we saw it, I remember that you get that kind of the... I would always call Christmassy feeling mm-hmm. kind of magic, you know. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's what Disney was used to talk about when he's talking about magic, that feeling, that emotion, that yeah. not literal usually. Yeah. And um, th- that's how I've had that feeling, you know, where I'm there with my family, we're all having a good time and we know Christmas is coming. So I'm seeing that and at the end it's happening again. And yeah. oh, it feels so magical. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, oh, it had gave me all the little feelings, the goosebumpy feelings, yeah. and I felt so good. You know, like I get when I read these lyrics. Yes. Let's, let's even break down some of this. Because, we, of course, holy is the spirit of this night. It's Christmas night. Mm-hmm. The, the holy is the spirit of the night because it's the Holy Spirit That's himself. Right. And what it was really about. And, but, and all the war, world being calm and peaceful and all the world is bright and joyful. It's celebration. Mm-hmm. And it's not just happiness. It's joy. Joy. It's joy. World. Yes. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's come. That's mm-hmm. right. And even, you know, the spirit of love and child of peace. Amen. This is the child. This is Jesus coming into the world. And a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh, peace, goodwill towards men you gotta look what is what's happening it's god made his peace with yeah, us it's we not talking about with god it's not talking about the puppy 
What in the world? Oh, uh, Philip's clock is going off. But yeah, we're not talking about like a, a regular world peace here. We're talking about God who had enmity with us because we had declared uh, we rebelled against him. Mm-hmm. He's making peace with us and showing his goodwill toward men. Yeah. That he had goodwill toward us and he made peace with us through this child that died and took our place. Isn't this awesome? Yeah, that's right. Well, again, the movie uh, was, Can you tell I get excited about this? They wasn't talking about the puppy in the film. Yeah, they ain't talking about puppies. <laughs> Nor the baby. But I'm, like, I'm even talking to like... like in the, the Bible, when people, yeah. people love to say, oh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You, when you know what that really means, yeah. it's not because, oh, we just want wars to cease. Well, of course we do. You know, especially at the time like now. But it won't until Jesus comes back. He'll put a stop to all of it. Mm-hmm. But it is God who made his peace with us by finding the exactly. way, making the way for us to have our punishment placed on someone else. So now he looks at us. He sees his son. And he fills with his Holy Spirit. A lot it's of times amazing. When people like say saying, that, I'm they, clapping here. <laughs> they talk about peace on earth. They're like, everyone be nice to each other. And it's not talking about that really either. Yeah. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. And we should be peaceful and kind. Yeah. But that's not really what it's talking that's about. That's not either. what he's talking about. It's peace on earth because mm-hmm. God has a goodwill towards man. He is peace. He loves us. He's the peacemaker. Exactly. <laughs> and he made peace with us. Amen. By sacrificing his own son, his own self. That's why. It's amazing. That's why I can be calm and cool because calm, cool, and no matter cool, what happens, even if the worst of worst was to have me here on earth, I know where I'm going. Exactly. Not because I deserve it, because I don't. Yeah. But I know where I'm going. Yeah. When we get what we don't deserve, it's a real good thing. Yeah, hallelujah. Said. Hallelujah. That's a great one. Who and said when that? We get, newsboys. I like when it. When we don't get what we deserve, it's a real good thing. When we get what we don't deserve, it's a real good thing. Amen. Woo. Amen. All right. Now I'm going to move on to some, some other stuff. Because we've got the Jungle Book. Oh, look. Which, now, I forgot that actually... Uh, I believe it's Bagheera who says this. Yes. But there's a quoting of John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. That's exactly right. Now, this is off of uh, BaptistMessenger.com, off of uh, an article somebody had written a bunch of share stuff. And I mean, and that, I mean, there's something that Jesus said directly. And it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, he's kind of hinting to the to his apostles there. It's like, hey, no greater loves than you lay down your life. Yeah. He was going to do he it. He was getting ready to do it. He's getting Real ready to soon. do it. And it's like... I know greater love than that. I'm sorry, Whitney Houston, you got it wrong. She said the greatest love of all is, is loving yourself, learning to love yourself. No. No. Greatest love is laying down your life for your friends. Self-respect now, learning, is one thing. Yeah. And there's one thing is, because we all, in some fashion, love ourselves unless there's something really wrong and there's this genuine hatred you have for yourself because yeah. there are people like that and they suffer through but that. The Bible actually but, says that we're supposed to be last as far as our love goes. Yeah. We're even supposed to love our enemies before. So that doesn't mean having lack of self-respect right. or insecurity. It doesn't mean that. And do you do you feed yourself? Do you brush your teeth? Do you comb your hair? Yeah. You're taking care of yourself. Yeah. That's love. Love is an action. And you, if you're doing things to take care of yourself, you are actually loving yourself. But there are people who do hate themselves. And I'd, I'd say really also loving yourself is having the opposite end where you're not hating yourself. And yeah, if, right. you, if you have that problem and you do hate yourself, then seek some help. Amen. Please. And I prefer some Christian therapy and everything Amen. because one, one thing to help, if, if you really, really hate yourself, if you think about just how much God loves you and what he was willing to do, then maybe you're valuable and you're worth loving it because you're worth dying for. This is one thing I've had to tell myself. I mean, y'all don't know me, but in truth, I personally have gone through depression through much of my life. I take medication for that now because I've gone through brain surgery, seven in fact. Um, I have had four brain tumors with that. It came depression. And with that, uh, I've gone through a lot of other things, but the thing that I can tell you is that I have had to remember, I've been insecure before even that because the most of my life I've been insecure, but I'm not insecure anymore through the most part. I have to fight it because the enemy loves to attack us. Yeah. loves to get you. But here's what I have to remember. 
sometimes my insecurity where I'm attacking myself, trying to tell me I'm worthless and all that. Well, first of all, I'm not because Christ came, the Lord God came in the form of his son, Jesus. He died for me. So when I'm saying that I'm worthless, well, first of all, that's like saying that God died for someone who's worthless. And that's right. not true. There's no such thing as a worthless person. There's people who do worthless things. You are a pearl of great price. Amen. I mean, I've told this to someone once before. They said, well, what about? And they gave me different examples. I won't even name them right now. There's no one on this earth talking about humans. No one on this earth who's ever been worthless. They chose to do worthless things. Name the worst person of all time. Even that person chose to do worthless things. It doesn't mean they're born worthless. Exactly. Davy Crockett. No, he wasn't worthless. <laughs> King of the wild frontier. Yes. Well, I'm just trying to keep us going. I got a lot of stuff I want to go talk ahead, about. So, so it, it reads here, there's a scene where David, Davy, uh, this is off of Davy Cricket, Davy Cricket, Davy Crockett, King of the wild frontier. Of course, we all know the theme song, but Davy's fighting an Indian chief named Red Stick. Davy wins the matchup and spares Red Stick's life. When Davy is asked why he let Red Stick live, he responded with one of the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not kill. Amen. Or more specifically, Thou shalt not commit murder. That's it. Because there's people who they can't seem to get that around. Because in the, in the same Old Testament where you have the, those, new, those Ten Commandments, you have God sending Israel into war. And got himself killing. There's a big difference between committing murder and you having to fight to save your own land and defend your your homeland, yeah. uh, which it's unfortunate. God, I'm sure, does not like war. No. And if he'd had his complete way on earth and Satan hadn't corrupted us, there wouldn't well, be. There was war. no killing back then. Right. But I will say back then, whenever that Bible was written at the time of David yeah. Crockett and even when that show was brought up, mm -hmm. there pretty much was only one version of the Bible that we all knew, knew well, at least. King James, King James. Yeah. I'm not saying there was, at that yeah. time, there, there probably had been more than one in English, but that was the only one that was really done well. Yeah. So. And, there, and there's never anything wrong with showing mercy. Because uh, if you win the fight and you don't have to kill them, don't kill them. And, and Show mercy. People it's a like, lot of times back then would say that's a weak man. No, it's not a weak mm -hmm. man. That's someone who's won. But that's he's one of the only things no. that, that I've said about uh, John Wayne, I love John Wayne, yeah. but that's one of the things that he said, uh, man, don't cry. That's a weak. No, no, John, I disagree with you, man. Yeah. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That's right. He's the toughest man you've ever seen. That's in right. Life. That's right. What? Duke. <laughs> I love you, brother. But, but you're I'm wrong. trying to think of uh, the name of the guy who was like, he did, who he took all those captured and it was World War One, I, I think. Oh, 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 World War One. You're talking about uh, Sergeant York. Sergeant York. And he became because a, he, he was Christian. He didn't want to kill anybody. He didn't so. want to go because now he, he was actually a lieutenant, but he but they called him Sergeant in yeah. one um, one news report. And so everyone started calling him Sergeant <laughs> Alvin showed, York. He showed mercy to his enemies. Alvin York, red haired dude with a red yeah. mustache. <laughs> and it's a great movie. Oh, it's a great, great movie. movie about oh, him. Great actor, man. Oh. All right. We'll move on to the next one. OK. Now, when I mention this, when those of you who have seen it, the tears are going to start falling already. Small one. Oh, I love that. <sighs> and I, I, I didn't know about it until I, I heard about it. I think Disney Plus does have it. And so it was Don Bluth animated. Was that but it's 70s or 80s? It was it was right it was before Don Bluth got fed up and left. So I think it was like early eighties. Yes. I think it was uh, around the time of Fox. Right before he went. I think Fox and the Hound is where he finally got and had his fill because he said they weren't doing things Walt's way. Yeah, that he was all right. And he was right, and it got worse. Uh, but uh, but the I like their description. It says, "I can't watch this movie anymore. I get too attached and emotional towards a small donkey that is aging and deemed to be no longer useful for his owner." I'm tearing up right now. I'm thinking about it. Okay, I'm not. The writer of this article is. Uh, 
but you're getting there. But I was getting there. <laughs> but I do the same thing when I think of the scene in Dumbo where the flying elephant goes to meet his mother when she's oh, locked up. Oh, that makes me. That but gives I, me the, the tears. If you're unfamiliar time. with Small One, you should check it out. The ending may be obvious given that the movie takes place in biblical times, but it's still powerful. So it's, and it's just saying like this worthless donkey. Yes. Carried the King of Kings. That, that's. So like they also, if you ever watch Nestor, the long eared donkey. No, that's another one. Same thing. Oh. They, they, they both get to me. They, they really do. Because really, we don't know a whole lot about that donkey. No, we don't. Oh, no, oh, I think these are the donkeys that carry Mary is what they're going yeah, through. It is. Uh, we knew it was a cult that, that Jesus But who wrote. was Mary carrying? The King of Kings. So yes, you're carrying the King. And a very important job because yeah. Mary, you know, she's she's about to give birth and she needs to get to town. If you've ever seen the movie The Nativity, the, there's a mm. great, I love that movie. Now, we don't we know everything. some new Nativity movies coming out this Christmas. We season. don't know everything that happened. But you can take some liberties there and know that there's truth in it, even mm-hmm. if you don't know exactly the story. There's some things you yeah. shouldn't take you liberty on. You can apply on. what we know in history of yeah. how times were. There's the time. some things you shouldn't take liberty on. There's other things you should. You should. I mean, you can. And there's other things you shouldn't. I mean, knowing what happened exactly on the between the, the death and the resurrection, that you should not play with. There's other things that you can not play with, but just assume things. Yeah. But in, in this... Uh, it's really great to see the, in that movie of talking about the nativity when you see Mo, uh, Jonah. Hello, I'm going to get it right. Joseph uh, taking Mary on that donkey, and he has to go through the the rivers and everything, and, mm-hmm. and the Niles and all this. And you see that he's uh, really in a lot of pain, and to see them bonding through that time is yeah. such an amazing thing. And seeing that donkey, even it's just it's amazing to think because it seems so real. It fleshes it out. It seems yeah. so real and. Oh man, yeah. that donkey was chosen just like the colt later on is chosen. There you go. Oh, specifically set aside that yes. colt was. Jesus told him right where to go get yes. it. Yes. I see I've taught children for a very long time, yeah. 25 years. So I used to tell stories about the chosen colt, the chosen donkey. Not that we know exactly what happened or and who they were, but I would sometimes specifically choose and I would tell about the specifically chosen big fish. I would use myself as an example. I was 500 pounds at the time. And a lot of people say, you know, so, God must have just created that specific big fish because Jonah survived in it. But I used to tell the story about so. the big fish like it was me as a fish because I was 500 pounds at the time. And I never felt like I, I fit in. So I used to tell a story of a big fish that didn't fit along with his fish family. <laughs> and I'd have it look like me. And I would have, anyway, the point is, is that God specifically had it. And I tell the kids that sometimes we don't fit. We don't feel like there's something right with us, but God has something specifically just for you. Yeah. And I think that's a wonderful thing you could do. You know, and, yeah. and these, these stories are great that way. Yeah. And it's like, even with, with all the struggles of Christmas, because to us, Christmas is a beautiful story, yes. but it was ugly as it happened. Oh yeah. It was rough. It was well, a, not an easy time. Joseph had, had, had to get there. And was, yeah. Yes. And then he it showed that even and whenever. the ridicule of when they thought Mary had messed around. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, is even when they got, when Herod died, and you would have thought, oh, good, safe and secure. <laughs> no, because then his son, Herod his Antipas, son was nasty. they said that even worse than his dad. Now you think about that. Because look who he was raised by. Yeah. Well, Where raise up your child in the way they should go, and the end it will not depart from them. Uh-huh. And yeah, goodness. if you raise a child wickedly, they're going to follow that wicked way and it'll be harder for that kid to straighten out later. Yeah. But it can be done. Yeah. Well, anyone can come And think about and this. Herod, Herod, he killed the other boys and his favorite, his favorite wife. wife. Yes. So, wow, that's stereo. But you think about this. So that Herod, Herod Antipas must have been twice as evil in order to impress daddy. Well, didn't he kill his brother and take his brother's wife, if I'm, I remember correctly? I wanna, and that, or maybe that was Herod, that, uh, I think it was Herod Philip. I could be wrong. 
Thanks a how lot. Many, how many Herods have we? Because I'm several. thinking, you know, they all put the name Herod. They, they put there was like yeah. three of them, but they put the name Herod's Herod. not a good name to give your kids. No, they, they, they took, they took <laughs> so. the name Herod as an honor, yeah. very thing. But you see, the the thing about that is, um, I. I can't imagine that they were trying to impress dad. I look how bad I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the baddest. No, man. Yeah. It reminded me a lot, to be honest with you, later on, in, in just a few years ago now. But when, whenever, um, oh, what's his name? Saddam. When mm-hmm. his boys were doing all that evil stuff, I thought of Herod because they're doing the same things. Yeah. But I yep. Yes. Robin Hood. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so why Mesilis is due to the influence of Friar Tuck, who represents the Christian faith in the movie. I love he it. tries to encourage the villagers while they are locked up by ringing the church bells. As his little helpers, the mice are supported too, playing the organ, and giving their mice. last coin as an offering to the church. Little church mice. Yep. Them I love them. Mice. In fact, yep, I'm, yep, I'm, yep. I'm doing a lesson about that coming up soon. Well, nice. I don't know. Pollyanna. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, that's that's, that's, oh, that's a great one. Oh, this person, uh, the, the writer article says, I conclude with what I believe to be the best live action Disney movie. I've never seen it. You never see Pollyanna? No. Oh, I, I've been telling you, so but, we got to remedy that. I'm, but let me, the, the, here's the explanation. It says, Pollyanna, played by Haley Mills, of mm-hmm. course I knew, is Great. a young missionary kid whose parents yes. died overseas and she yes. comes to live with her wealthy and powerful Aunt Polly. This little girl inspires a whole town of negative people who are yes. fearful of Polly Harrington. Pollyanna shares much encouragement and, e- encouragement and even points out there, there are 800 happy texts in the Bible. That's right. It says, if you have Disney Plus and have children, I encourage you to have them watch Pollyanna sometime. I own that movie. And I'm going to tell you something. My dad had us watch that movie as a kid. I mean, the first thing that stood out in my mind was the first thing you see is boys naked rear ends as they jump into the to the creek. And, of course, as a little boy. There's that Arkansasian jumping in the creek. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I was raised by an Arkansasian man, my daddy, who I'm looking at right now in his picture. No. But uh, that was the first thing that stood out because I'm a kid, you know. And that's, you know, but that's not a big deal. But it's a kid, you know. You're like, whoa. Then I was like, oh, now it's okay. It's you know, the way it was. And it's what he said. And here's the thing about Pollyanna. That movie is so good. So amazingly good. And it'll make you feel good. It, there's there's moments you think, oh, no, it's going to be bad. It's going to be sad. Said, no, I'm telling you, you've got to watch that movie. It's, it's There's a preacher in there who's one of my favorite actors. I can't think of his name right now. But it always reminds me of my Uncle Russell, so I always want to call him <laughs> Russell. But he was in so many movies, and he, he was just so good. And he's this preacher in that movie, and he... He is basically under the control of, of, of Paula or whatever her name is, her aunt and uh, Paul, Pauline or whatever her name. And uh, he's basically being told to be kind of a crabby, mean preacher or whatever you call it. So he gets out there. He's always saying, death comes unexpectedly. Talking about death and sad things. And Pollyanna. <laughs> that made me think of a Monty Python thing. And, and it basically, Pollyanna just changes that town. From within to each person, and it, it's a wonderful thing. And we're not talking about being uh, cheesy, but we're talking about trying to look at the happy things of life. And my dad taught me that. Always and, look on the bright side of your life. life. But seriously, look at the good things that God brings to you. Mm-hmm. Happy, yeah. And we're not again not talking about being unrealistic, but yeah. that's what Jesus brought was joy. Yeah, not not gloom, doom, yeah. but now there's, joy. There's trials. Oh, trials. trials, but God doesn't let go. And the thing is, is Jesus trial. is the yep. joy of life. If you look at it with the correct lenses. There we go. Which you he's forgot to bring. Glasses, he's saying, which look. you forgot to bring. <laughs> I forgot to wear them. I was trying to get it going. I accidentally skipped over one, by the way, on, on this guy's list, because I know it's going to come up later. But Snow White and the Seven yes. Dwarfs. Yes. Uh, 
we used to have a scene of Snow White praying to God and asking him to bless her newfound friends. Oh, I love that. And there are other animated short films that came out around the time of Snow White's debut that have good moral messages. They wouldn't be directly biblical, but they do offer wholesome entertainment that encourage viewers to work hard, treat others right, and understand the difference between good and evil. Mm. But yeah, there's no white praying for yeah, you, bless my new friends. I remember that now. You do yeah. see you do see a lot of moral standards in certain ones, and they even hint about uh things like that. For instance, uh if I'm not mistaken, there's a couple where you hear church bells ringing and the darkness goes away in certain ones yeah. and things like that. And yeah. I'm attempting to uh get rid of ads that way it doesn't it gets out of my way. Yeah, uh, no problem, no problem. It jumped up on me here. There we go. Okay, so now I can read on crosswalk.com because I got two different articles. And in fact, if you want to pull up, there's a second one. Oh, I'm sorry. That uh, in case we run into the same things, uh, you know, I, I got ads jumping all over the place on me. But I, you, oh, I thought you had it on your laptop, too. No, I didn't. Uh, okay, there we go. Speaking of Snow White. So, uh, she, of course, she was a devout Christian. Uh, this is the first animated movie made by Disney. And it's actually the, the film... The film, as it was made, holds up, it says here, on Crosswalk. And I will say yes. Uh, and it says, true, it's not as coherent or as powering as new works like Frozen, but it is the only Disney movie to feature an openly Christian princess. Some viewers may recall that halfway through the storyline, there's a brief scene where Snow White is shown praying with head bowed, hand clasped together. She asks God to bless the seven little men who have been so kind to her. It's a short, but nonetheless poignant display of faith that you won't find in most modern films. And she is Snow White. As, she's white as snow. Watch white as snow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and here's, okay, Jungle Book quoting scripture, scripture which I'm pretty sure... Yeah, you uh, see, yeah. taking the weeping mugly aside, Bagheera gently reminds him that greater love hath no one than he who lays down his life for his friends. I thought yeah. it was Bagheera that says yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. Which is John 15, 13. Of course, we already mentioned it. Oh, the sword and the stone here mm. in the churchyard. Let me just read this directly. And, and the Bible is a bare necessity of life, in my opinion. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He, he's and, found con- to be content in all things. Amen. And Christ is doesn't want does not all the king of the jungle. I'm the king of the swing. Anyway. <laughs> jungle VIP. Uh, right. Sword of Stone often gets overlooked by the casual Disney viewer. The movie largely features a handful of random stories loosely tied together by a few characters, so it's understandable if the film never makes anybody's top ten list. Still, there's so a moment toward the end which all Christians should appreciate. In the opening monologue, it's established the fabled Sword in the Stone was considered a miracle to the English people, but quickly wound up forgotten after nobody could free it. Fast forward a couple of years, and a desperate young Arthur is shown running through the street, looking for a sword for his foster brother. It's only then we see where the sword has been resting all this time in a churchyard. The people of England acknowledge where true authority really lies, and when the sword is finally pulled from the stone, spectators name it for what it is, a miracle ordained by heaven. Christian symbolism doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. So God has chosen the king. Amen. And of course, this is more fairy taleish, but God also chose the first king of Israel That's and right. the second one because Saul went mm. off the rails. Yeah. And so God said, okay, I'm taking him down. I'm anointing him. Yeah, because they wouldn't. King David was a man after his own heart. Because they wouldn't listen to God with that first king. They wouldn't listen. Full of himself. Oh, they wouldn't listen. He said, no, no, wait a minute. You don't need that. They weren't listening to Samuel. And so God said, don't worry, Samuel. This has nothing to do with you. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Right. So this has nothing to do with you. It is all about them. They're not listening. They're not going to listen. It has nothing to do with you, Samuel. It's all on them. And so finally, he let them have their way. 
But then when they were finally realizing, basically, this is what happens. We don't listen to God. We get our way. And then we're like, oh, what did I do? I know what you yeah. did. You didn't listen you to God. You went your own way. That's, that's it. what happened. God told us that. right unto man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Lead not to thine own. <laughs> Lead not on your own understanding. There you go. And it also reminds you that not to follow your heart because there's a lot of corruption in there. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. There you go, folks. We don't like to hear that, but it's We true. don't like to hear it because the world is so much follow your heart. It's like, yeah, well, the heart is deceptive. That's right. It's feelings. Feelings heart change say, constantly. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. The heart can say one thing, but on the other end, it can be completely yeah. different. So recognize, know your emotions, but don't be led around by your emotions. That's right. Have them. Use them. That's right. But you think, use your head. Yeah. And he's <laughs> come first. <laughs> yeah. Because you have the ability to think that God, God granted you the ability to think you are blessed among the animals, above the animals, because you are a human being with the ability to think and reason. And God wrote a book, not for the animals, but for you to read. And if you can store some of that in that brain, it'll come back. When this you is it. why you don't just go by everything you're taught in school, because you are not an animal. <laughs> right. You're not an animal. I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. I'm doing reverse of the penguin. Yes, the returns. But it's true. I'm not warm-blooded. Well, because there's a quote from a movie. I'm not an animal. Oh, the elephant man. Yeah, I'm not an animal. That's right. That's That's right, elephant man. You were a man. Now, here's one. Uh, Let's see if you can figure what this is. The prodigal son with animals. That's what they're calling this movie. Mm -hmm. Although most people call it Hamlet with animals, and I have. Oh, I know what it is. The Lion King. That was what they were saying originally, was it was Hamlet. Yeah, it was based on Hamlet. I remember some people were mad about that, like, oh, I love Hamlet. I love Hamlet, too. But that's what they were trying to do, because there's no way they could make Hamlet in an animated way. Except unless and you don't want that tragic world. ending of Hamlet. Oh, heavens. <laughs> but like, ooh, the uncle killing, you know, for the son and taking the wife. Ooh, hey. But see, here's what they want to look at. So Simba leaves a li- lives a life of privilege while ignoring all responsibility. And the only thing he cares about is the day when no one will be able to tell him what to do. So after a series of events lead him away from home, Simba decides to embrace a, Hokutana, a Hakuna Matata foolish lifestyle while the prodigal son eventually finds himself eating pig's feed Simba ends up dining on grubs <laughs> until one day realizes he must return home and face the reality of his actions. And and in truth, Luke 15, by the way, I like this. And is. In truth, I never thought of it that way. Anyway. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, he's right there with the pigs. Eating with the pigs. Oink, 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 oink. Eating with. I still love that song. <laughs> I, I made a song years ago. I made a song to teach the kids about it. Eating with the pigs, oink, 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 oink. Eating with the pigs, oink, 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 oink. I've eaten with the pork roast, pork rind, but only bacon, baby. Eating with the pigs. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So this is a, here's another princess who's been accused of being a pushover, someone who just lets herself be bossed around and never does anything to help themselves or herself, I guess I should say. Why should she get a happy ending? Shouldn't those only go to people who deserve them? Well, that's not what Jesus said. This is Cinderella, and it's all about Amen. grace. Amen. The Bible is, in essence, a story of God's grace. And the whole point of grace is that it's undeserved. In fact, Jesus told several parables to illustrate how his grace didn't depend on good works. Just like Cinderella, humanity did not deserve the blessings they received. Amen. We may scoff when the fairy godmother makes Cinderella beautiful, but the truth is Christ does the exact same thing for us. And that's the change. Now, granted, underneath... Cinderella was always beautiful. Yeah. But but she a, didn't know it. A godmother shows up. Or let's say God shows up in your life. You were already beautiful because he created you. 
but you become more beautiful when you let him change you. That's right. And it doesn't last till midnight. It's just the beginning of changes and you're going to grow and grow and become what God made you to be. And when he takes off this fleshly thing and puts on what he meant for you to be, it'll be the, the other most thing, beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. The other thing is it goes right back to that, what I was saying earlier about when you think you're nothing that you are. And yeah. it goes right back to that letting God switch you over. I'm not talking about fair Godmother. Yeah. But we'll, God. we'll, we'll just but say, seeing the symbolism. Yeah, we'll say the symbolism of the Holy Spirit here. Right. Because yeah. that's fine, because the Holy Spirit is somewhat of the fem you could say the mother type in yeah. that sense. Oh, that that gentle whisper. Gentle whisper near. Yeah. And and change you over when you allow it. And change everything over in your life. And that's the way it ought to be. Yeah. Change you, your beauty. I could even see, and I'm not saying this is the way it is, but I could even see a little bit of the story of Esther in there. Just a little bit. Yeah. Not a lot, but a little bit. Yeah. You know. A little bit. But yeah. So I I thought that's where they're going to go with that. Me it's too. like the change in Cinderella when she meets God. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop the mother part up, but yeah. that's the change that sure. she has that alters her entire life. It's, it's the same way when we have that encounter with God sure. and we... And we you know, when we've when we've hit rock bottom, sometimes that's when people come to God. Oh, they have to destroy themselves utterly and have nothing. They have to let Satan and his devils the crying right tear. There. Yeah, they, her dress has been torn. Like the that's devil has just gone there and rip. ripped it because the devil wants to rip your life to shreds. The people of the world, when you're in pieces, when God can put you back the together, people again. of the world ripping you to pieces. There people you that you thought you could trust. Ooh, yeah, and, and, Ooh, yeah. And I mean, we'll say the mother, the stepmother, the wicked stepmother. Yeah. Is the devil? Yep, and and, and she's got her two little demon daughters. The, <laughs> they're the ones tearing you down. The people of the world that the demon, you know, because a lot of times the people of the world, whether they realize it or not, they're being used to rip you pieces because the demons are all over them, and that's how it is. You don't even know it sometimes, but that, that's why we got to be used kindness and because we may be being used, and we're not even uh, aware because we yeah. think we're being jokey. Because I've been, I'm yeah. guilty of it. I've done it. And before you have that encounter with God, you're a slave like Cinderella. That's exactly right. That's Woo! that's it. There's a lot. That of movie will preach now, man. <laughs> I know that, further this website. I, I know that it may seem like we're really reaching, but really you're not because morality, morals, morality always comes from the word. Really, that's morality comes from God. Otherwise, you don't have morals. When people say you can find morals with that guy, no, you can't. That's where morals started. Yeah, that's where they come from. And he's put them, he's ingrained them in you. That's it, because he, he wanted you to know them. That's why uh, people when they think that they can have morals. And a lot of times they try to build morals of their own. That's why they're not very moral. Right. <laughs> immoral it's, morals. It's a morality they invent for themselves. And then they try to judge God by their no. own morals. Who no. are you? Where were you when he put laid down the foundations of the earth? That's in the Bible, too. That's I Joe. just read it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm quoting the old carbons on. That's in the Bible, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's actually another thing I want to pull out. Of, this website's pulling up Robin Hood as well. I'm talking about the Friar Tuck, but I thought this was interesting. Ultimately, it's the threat of losing Friar Tuck, which spurs Robin and his allies to finally take back their home. Just goes to show that a true disciple of Christ can have an impact well beyond their own life. Yes. And we can even change the course I was actually, of the kingdom. I was actually watching a movie with my mother for just a few minutes last night. I love the old 60s and 70s movies, uh, just all of them, because they have uh, back then, every actor of the 40s, 50s, 60s, all that, they, a lot of them came from radio and theater. Mm -hmm. And so they were all very good uh, character actors or 
they had good characteristics. And so when people, they were very uh, in tune to who they were and they would just use what characteristics they already had with their voices or, or whether people just use them. They're like, I think we're going to use them. I don't know. I'll just make up someone, but uh, I'll just use these, these people that they're so good at that type of character. And yeah. they use them. So one of the people in this Western, my mom was, and it was kind of a goofy, fun seventies, early seventies oh, Western. Yes. You, you gotta love, they're corny, but they're fun. And one of the guys that was in there, playing he wasn't a preacher but he was someone else in the like a mayor or whatever but it was a guy with a big bushy white eyebrows who played friar tuck in that that robin hood movie oh right that yeah voice too, and, 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 yeah, he, he, yeah like he, he had some messed up teeth this way he, he's like at the end complain about messed up teeth yeah oh man me too but he, yeah. he said something to the effect of uh well, that's what happens when you don't get things right. And I was like, I was like, that's. And then he said something. He started quoting the Bible at one point, and I can't remember what verse it was, but he, he said, "Lord, help us for this." And, and I was like, "I love that voice, yeah, good impersonation there." Oh, well, good. I try my best, but yeah. you know, that actually does remind me. Speaking of Duke. Oh, yeah. the Duke John Wayne, oh, uh, the man who shot at Liberty Valance. Yes. Where basically you, you kind of get the idea that he knows that Jimmy Stewart's character mm. can change that town yes. without violence, but yes. he just needs that bit of protection. Yeah. yeah. And he, he needs to make that guy into a hero. So you exactly. never, so John Wayne's character, you never find out that he was the one that, that actually, you know, shot the bad guy, Liberty Valance, yeah. but he needed, of course, the guy who could make the change because he was holding on to he, basically he, some Christian values. He's kind of being a coat, if you will. He's yeah. being like a coat yeah. to protect, almost a, a bulletproof vest. It's Robin Hood and Friar That's Tuck. That's it. He knew who could change the, the, the town, who could fix things with Friar Tuck, the example. Now, here we go. Now, this is when it says this movie features God's nicest angel. I'm not sure exactly what we go on there. But one character kneels by her bed and begins to pray. It's me again, she tells God. I need someone to be my friend, someone who won't run away. Maybe send me an angel, the nicest angel you have. Who did she get? Stitch. Oh, it's <laughs> little cute. Milo praying. And, but, cute. I like and this is the thing where we see. So maybe this is it's saying maybe the Lord does work in, in mysterious ways because Stitch, he he comes in like us. He's just full of what? selfishness and he's you know evil. Yeah. We're all kind of got that. We demonic. try to deny <laughs> that we are we're pretty rotten. Yeah, but it shows that he can change because love. Yeah, he gets a family, and we get brought into the family of God Amen. with love, and that love, when we get the love of God in us, it changes us. Yeah, just like, and where Stitch saves his family, even if his family is little and broken, so is ours. That's a cute movie, and I love, I love when he dresses like Elvis. That's my yes. favorite part. That's really my favorite part when he dresses like. Elvis. First of all, I'm an Elvis fanatic. Plus, mm-hmm. that year when it came out, they were celebrating Elvis. I, should, I hate to say he was celebrating his death, but it was the year, it was like the 25th anniversary of all that. And I remember that I was deep in Elvis at the time. I always am. But at that point, especially, and they they brought out a half meal toy of it, dressed like Elvis, where he's rock and roll, so I have still. Mm-hmm. But he was, you know, back and forth. <laughs> I'm giving all my Stitch stuff to my niece. She's fanatical about me buying her some things. She's fanatical about Stitch. But... Uh, that was just a fun movie, and to think of him as a little angel is so cute. Yeah, he's just so cute. That's just like that thought. But yeah. although you and I, we don't become angels when we die. No, we don't. Yeah, we're completely. That's different. a good point. So we don't become just to angels. Make that separation. Yes, we thank you, by the way, for yeah. saying that. It's true. But what we got? This is going to be a longer segment than I thought. That's I don't right. know if I'm even going to get news into this thing. But if you heard news in this podcast, and I squeezed something in, I got a lot of stuff that got left behind last Sorry. week. But there's so much good stuff here that I, even now we're getting outside of the vintage. Although this is still a great God. movie, I love it. So this particular movie is a gospel allegory. 
so it learns that the main character was born a princess in an enchanted kingdom. However, one night she's kidnapped by an evil witch and taken to a tower far away from her mother and father, hoping to find their missing daughter. The king and queen create a festival where every year lanterns are set oh. off to light her way back home. There's more to add to the story, but you can probably see where this is going. In its own strange way, Tangled stands as a perfect allegory for the gospel of Christ. Yes. Probably not intentional, but I'll, let's go read this here. Rapunzel represents humanity who has grown comfortable in her prison, but can't ignore the light which shines in the darkness. The devil is, signi is signified by the witch who tries to convince Rapunzel to forget the lights and stay locked away in her tower. Lastly, God can be found in her parents who without fail continue to shine their light in the hopes of bringing their lost child back home. I never thought of it that way. That is one of my favorite movies they've done. And a few years ago, 2015, in fact, a few years ago, uh, I and someone else had taken that song. I took the song, and uh, but we sang it. I took the song, and I didn't really have to change much at all. But we sang it together uh, for the voice of Adam and Eve. And uh, we sang it. That's Adam and Eve. I meant to say is Joseph and Mary. And we sang it as them singing it over Jesus, where uh, they're singing uh, uh, this song. And, uh, da, 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 da. Can't think of the words right now. When the last I see the, the light. Because Jesus is the light. Exactly. He's the way, the truth, the life, the light. It changes everything. That's it. And so Jesus is the light. Mm -hmm. And so I had them, and the last I see the light. And I had them both singing different yeah. parts together. And it, But it really fits so well. Yeah. And uh, all I had to do is change one or two little words. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, Mary sang a part and Joseph sang a part. Yeah. That was it. But yeah. it was, it really fit. I remember I, when it came to me, that idea of that, I was like, man, I, I do. I love that movie. It's such a great film. Yeah. I'm going to have to go watch it again. Oh, me too. It's really good. Uh, but here's one where uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and just wrap up with this one. I got a lot more articles I found, but I'm going to wrap because this, you know, this is going to be a very long show. So this particular movie, I'm not naming it until I get to the end of things. Well, there's uh, Some people will say that that has a secret uh, Christian message, but that's a mistake. Christian imagery is everywhere in this film. The movie opens with the main villain trying to kill the protagonist as a baby, only to be stopped by a church deacon who invokes good. the true power of the Holy Spirit. Later on, the film's heroine sings a song in which she talks to God and reminds viewers that prayer, what prayer really looks like. Even the villain clashes with faith, wrongly believing his piety mm -hmm. makes him a better Christian than than everyone else. And when it comes to the Disney movies, you won't find one that incorporates God more than the hunchback God of Notre Dame. Help the outcast. Mm -hmm. the yeah. Or in downtrodden. That's one of my favorites. I got mm -hmm. to, uh, here's what happened with me. I it's, was blessed. I got to go right. paint that, uh, pictures of that at the movie theater oh, with a friend of mine who was working at the theater. So we got to see it then, just before they started having the opening things, you know, scenes of that, you know, when you get to go see it before it came out. And we got to see it the night that it came out. We saw it before that We because we, we painted it. They allowed us to watch it the night before it came out at midnight and we watched that we had so much fun and I already knew the songs because I had of course, bought the, the week before that's what we knew we used to do that all yeah. the time and they let us and we would buy yeah, it the week nice. before and I had it memorized and I'm singing with it because no one's in the theater with me except him <laughs> and his girlfriend but I was singing along with not not out loud but I was singing along with it and loving every minute of it mm -hmm. and I love that very movie. underrated movie oh I love it and if you look when he's out there singing uh and out there yeah. living in the you see Belle walking in the in the oh, town. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. that's, that's a great things. movie. But uh, speaking of a line from a song that's that'll preach a little bit and almost as a quote of scripture, 
So I still, I see your face and wonder where you once an outcast too. She's mm-hmm. looking at Jesus and yes. he was despised and rejected yes, among men. That's right. There's a we lot see this great... on Hosea 53, my favorite passage. Yes. There's a lot of great, mm-hmm. a lot of great things in there. It's like truth. He was and... outcast and killed. There is there's a lot of great things. And you know, now this is really kind of stretching, but Beauty and the Beast has some moments in there. That's a redemption story. Yeah, it's a redemption story. And we all feel, and we are a beast of sin and all. Yeah. But there's it a, it, it, it was pride and mean and, and so there's a lot of that in there. Yeah. I mean, it Which isn't in there. the original fairy tale, but I, I like the Disney version. I, I know. It's my favorite version. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. It really yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, it's a redemption story and it yeah. shows that yes, you can change. And what makes the change is love. Mm-hmm. And for us, we know that's the love of God that that's he puts right. in us changes everything. That's right. And it, it, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's not. Yeah, as I like that, I like how C.S. Lewis puts it in the, the Voyage of the Don Treader with uh, Eustace. It's not that I. He, he says not that Eustace was already just a better person, but the cure had begun That's when it. he has an encounter with Aslan, and yes, at this point, Eustace had become a dragon, and yes. he could not peel away the dragon himself. Aslan had to rip, and it's, it's going to hurt a little oh, bit. I, had to tear that That's down. right. And made Eustace a new person, but it's so the cure. The cure had begun, and that's the way we are. That, the cure begins, but it takes us some time. We're repentant. But I have still scar up. upon scar upon scar, literally, and I can tell you that in the beginning, it takes quite some time to start healing. Yeah, but it does heal. Mm-hmm. It's like with any kind of healing, with with let's say losing someone, it never gets completely well. You're always going to hurt yeah. a little bit emotionally, but. Through time, it does get better. Just not 100%. You're always going to hurt a little. Yeah. But it won't hurt as bad a year, two, three, four, five, ten years from now. But it will still hurt a little. You'll have the scar will still be there. But it doesn't mean it's going to hurt like you just got cut. Right. Yeah. And just because we've repented doesn't mean we don't backslide. Or That's don't stumble. right. We still do stuff. There's times because I well, the first thing when I became a Christian... When God, God said straight up to me, we got to work on that temper boy. And mine was, mine was lying mm. because I used to tell tales. Now, I don't mean I was just kind of like, ah, but I would tell tales about, you know, whether I owned this toy or that toy, <laughs> or I would just tell tales because I had an imagination. But God told me that I could use that imagination to tell good tales, like right. tales to, and I didn't know it was going to be later on me teaching children and other people, but the imagination can be used for good or evil. Yes, it can. Not like anything. There we go. But speaking of using imagination for good, Walt Disney. And he credited creativity that it was always refined by his faith. That's right. And that's, I think, where I'm going to wrap this well, up. What about Johnny Appleseed? Oh, my goodness. Why has nobody said anything about Johnny Appleseed? Of course, I just covered this uh, a few episodes ago. Actually, we, we kind of came back to it, to yes. Johnny Appleseed, which now, granted, we've looked at John Chapman, and he was kind of uh, a bit of a kind of weird yeah, off this thing. It was his his. It was all more of a works based, and it was yes. it was a bit, a bit of a new thing. Way, yeah. Um, it, it he, he kind of went off the rails just a, a bit, but if you watch that Disney film, That's right. the seed was the there. The seed <laughs> is there. Oh my goodness! But yeah, we covered, it and we like to. Watch, we're going to be watching that in a couple weeks, right next here in this church. We like to do. It. Oh, next Sunday already. It's Apple Fest. But yes, because the Lord is good to me, so I will thank the Lord for giving me the things I need. The sun and, and the sun, and the rain, and the apple. And the apple seed. I, I always forget. I yes, always want to say the sun and moon. Good to me. That song teaches you to be thankful. Mm-hmm, that's right. And the simple things of how blessed we really are for simple things like apples. Mm-hmm, that's right. And I think we can wrap this segment up right there. That's right. 
Okay, uh, we want to remind you to go to NeverlandPodcast.com. You'll find a link there for the My Podcast Reviews, which is supposed to be getting a new name. I don't know when this happens, but he's updating it. If you happen to have a podcast and you would like to be able to see all the reviews from around the world and have them delivered to your inbox, plus a lot of other helpful functions, go and click on there. It does help out the show when you do that. And you know what else will help out the show? Clicking on that W link. Uh, and you can go and purchase some energy drinks, some powders, so you can drink more water and have some healthy energy and vitamins in your life and not just a lot of caffeine. Also, of course, don't forget our Patreon link. You can find there at NeverlandPodcast.com. Come and be a donor. You can listen to these shows without the ads other than the ones that I read directly on the uh, the show. Uh, with you know, You'll hear some gaps of where I'm uh, making a spot so I can insert the ads from... Uh, from our, our podcast hosts. Uh, also, we want to thank Karen Kennedy, Perky Pope from Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping us with the intro to the show. Don't forget to email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Neverland PCAST. We're on Facebook at Neverland Podcast. And join the Neverlanders on the website. You can find there um, where you can become an official Lost Boy or Pixie. Why Pixies? Because girls are too clever. They don't get lost. And as we say at the end of every show, get lost. In an adventure! And we'll see you next time. <laughs>